Hey guys, so listen, okay, well, <laughs> um, our apologies, I know we said that we were going to post spooky episodes every Monday for October, but we had a little bit of technical difficulties with our last episode, um, we just want to make sure that we're putting out the best content we can for you guys, so we decided to just scrap it and redo it and post it late, but it is here, it is ready, enjoy! <laughs> so, Brie, what's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> um, you know what? Actually, I don't really have a favorite scary movie. Really? Like, Actually, I like scary movies, but I don't really have a favorite. I don't think I have one either. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> now that I think about it, you know what? I have a couple, like, ones that I suggest to people. Yeah. Um, I think my number one, as of late, would probably be Hereditary. Because I love that movie so much. I tried watching, but I, like, couldn't get into it. I feel that. It's, like, psychological. It's very psychological. It's also just so creepy if you pay attention to all those little details in the movie, which I think is something I just love about a film. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Hey, guys. I'm Kendall. I'm Bree. And this is When the Light Goes Out. Thank you guys for all joining us today. This is a very fun episode, I think. Oh yeah, um, episode eight. Episode eight. Episode eight. Holy fuck! And today, today we are talking about cursed movies. Ooh. Ooh, this is a really exciting episode I've been wanting to do for a while um, because I've always loved movies for as long as I can remember, and I've just always wanted to talk a lot about movies all the time. I know this is a paranormal slash true crime podcast, but come on, there are a lot of true crime happenings and paranormal happenings within a movie set, so. Oh yeah, let's not sit here and act like there's not. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's just really fun too to really know what happens behind, you know, closed doors. When you look at a film, you watch it, you see it, you like it or you don't like it. But it's like, what really happens behind the camera? That's always something I've always wondered. And so, I just did a little scavenging and a found some a little researching and found some cute movies to talk about today. Um, I'm sure everyone, if not everyone, most people have heard of these movies. And yeah, let's just go right into it, I guess. Ooh, I'm excited. Ooh, okay, but but okay. So our first movie is not a horror movie, but it is a fan favorite. Our not first a horror movie. Not a horror cursed. movie, but cursed. Yeah. Tea. Our first movie that I'll be talking about is The Wizard of Oz. Shut up. I know. The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz for me is something I grew up with for a long time. Obviously, I think a lot of us did. It's not something I've watched more recently in a, in a minute, because I think any time I've ever watched Wizard of Oz, maybe as an adult, was if it came on maybe cable. I don't even really watch cable anymore. But no, Yeah, same, yeah. So I'm like, it's been a minute, but it is something that I think a lot of us like. You know, I don't even think I've ever fully watched The Wizard of Oz. What? Really? Oh my god. I know, right? That's crazy. I think I like one time halfway watched it, 
or maybe I fully watched it, but I just don't really remember. Remember when all I was the young. the pieces and yeah, fragments like of the my, movie at my grandma's house. Fair, okay. That seems that sounds like one of the places you would watch like a my grandma's house a movie like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think I have heard of some of the spooky happenings that are related Ooh. with this movie. So let's see if you let's, let's see if you got them. Let's see if I got them. Well, I'm ready. Let's dive in. So let's just start off. I'm just gonna build up the structure of the film. I'm sure a lot of us know about it, but I'll just kind of glance over real quick. So The Wizard of Oz is an American musical fantasy film that released on August 25th, 1939. It had a budget of 2.8 million dollars and made 29 million in the box office. That's a lot of money. Yeah, 29 million. 29 million. I wish I could walk around saying I, I got that money. <laughs> Damn. Wow. And so this film was an adaptation, actually, of L. Frank Baum's 1990 children's novel, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. It was directed, the movie-wise, was directed by Victor Fleming, who we, I think, will not find to be a great person, and was produced by Marvin Leroy. The movie stars Judy Garland, who I hope y'all love because I love her. Frank, I do know her name. We do know her name. She's been in a couple of things. She's like a household name. She's a household name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Frank Morgan, Ray Bulger, Burt Lahr, and many other notable names. So just a really quick film synopsis of what happens throughout the movie. A tornado, of course, rips throughout Kansas, sending our main character, Dorothy, played by Judy Garland, and her dog Toto to a magical land of Oz. She embarks on a journey to find her way back home. And along the way, she runs into various creatures of Oz, including a scarecrow that needs a brain, a tin man missing a heart, and the cowardly lion that wants a little more courage in his life. And along the way, they encounter a wicked witch of the West, also Glinda the Good Witch, and Oz himself. And of course, so many others throughout the movie. Great movie, guys. Go ahead and see it. So, <clears throat> within this time period, around the time of the film's release, there was a very gloomy era going on in history. We had the Great Depression and World War II. Yeah, it was like the 1930s, right? 1930s, yeah. Good job. Oh, my God. You're so smart. Oh, good. Oh. I know a little bit about history. <laughs> my history classes in college paid off. Seriously? No, same. Not same. Really. No, it's okay. I took, really. a, I took a thing or two, I guess I'll say. <laughs> So this is roughly around the time when Germany invaded Poland and Nazi Germany, along with its allies, conquered most of Europe. Many immigrants were coming to America at the time, and on the contrary, the film release, uh, released with so many different hidden gems throughout it, which I didn't even realize until I started reading about this movie. So a couple of different hidden gems I just quickly wanted to just scope over was the Yellow Big Road that reflected the journey of wealth. Dorothy being brought to a new land, which is something she's unfamiliar with, kind of like, you know, um, immigrants coming over to America. They had Dorothy's pals representing something that we all want a little more of, to be wiser, to be loved, courage, and home. You know, home is where the heart is. So, and we also, of course, have, sorry, the Wicked Witch, which is sending her flying monkeys to, you know, take over, um, or just kind of, I guess, <laughs> bombard Dorothy and her friends. The fucking flying monkeys. The fucking flying monkeys, <laughs> um, which kind of resemble, in a way, um, war, and even down to the point of when the Winkies are marching like Nazis. 
So the film itself was a difficult film to come out with in the beginning because of the consistent recastings, script problems, and set problems. And honestly, all the characters really had uncomfortable costumes in the beginning, especially Bert Lahr, who played the lion. He had put on a 100-pound costume made from real lion's pelt for hours on end. Stop. I heard about this. Isn't that crazy? I heard. That's true, though? Yeah, it is very true. And oh, my God. I've heard that. He was wearing literal lion's Lion pelt. Skin. Yeah. yeah. Imagine going into a whole-ass set with those hot-ass beaming lights beaming down on yeah. you. And then having to, like, act. I just couldn't do it. It probably, like, smells... <laughs> Too. Oh, yeah. I, thought, like I was thinking about that, too, because I don't think he could really take it off because that would be something that would be like a big project to do. You would have to take all the makeup off. You would have to take yeah. all those different things off of himself, and it would be a lot to put back on. So between takes, he would still have to wear it throughout the day, which is just... Imagine, like, going to the grocery store. Like, <laughs> right? Mr. Lar and, like, the lion pelt, like... Go hey, and shop uh, and buy the onions. Oh my god, all the like, kids I would run up to you trying to take pictures. I like, could imagine. Who in the fuck? Who in the fuck? <laughs> so, production would make Bert sip on food through a straw, which is kind of gross. Can you imagine? And not to mention, it was already hot and set, like we had said, from the stage lights. So, you're getting that radiation from the heat along with his 100 pound outfit. It's a lot. It's a lot going on. No kidding. So, we also have actor Buddy Epstein, who is known for his roles in The Beverly Hillbillies, Barnaby Jones, and Breakfast at Tiffany's, which I kind of love, kind of don't love that movie, because it's kind of problematic, but it's... Breakfast at Tiffany's? Yeah. Wait, why is it problematic? Well, because they had a definite big problem with the, I guess, culture of it all. There was a scene where, if you remember, there's a Asian man who is her, I guess her... Oh, her neighbor, yeah. Her neighbor, and he's actually a white guy, dressed as an Asian guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know these things. So, I only watched a little bit of it, though. I don't think I've ever I wa watched the whole... When was the last time I watched that movie? The last time I watched that movie was, I want to say... Mm, I want to say that was like years ago. I had taken it as a film class in school, and I think we had went over it briefly. Mm. Um, and that was the first time I saw it, and I mean, I realized all these things at one time. So that's how I kind of saw it. But yeah, tea. Tea. All right. So the guy was very popular in his day. Again, Buddy Epstein, and he was the actor who originally was casted as the Tin Man, but never finished the job. Oh, I thought that was a fly. Okay. <laughs> Just some dust. Just some dust. So the makeup that the production had initially used for the Tin Man was clown makeup, but they also had coated him on that second layer with heavy layers of grounded aluminum. Why? <laughs> yeah, that's my question. Literally, why? That's crazy. And so now the problem with this is that... Yeah, right? What? Aluminum is... Obviously not healthy for you. No. It's not something you should put on your skin whatsoever. Yeah, clearly. And it has high levels when exposed to the skin um, that can kind of go into your bloodstream and create some just so many different health problems. And according to the CDC, health problems can arise such as lung disease, Alzheimer's, bone or brain disease, and eventually Buddy's lungs just were covered in aluminum powder and ended up putting him in a hospital with pneumonia. He ended up being fired from the film and developed bronchitis for the rest of his life. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Talk about literally. No, that's so shitty. That's he so literally is shitty. on this show. He's on or yeah. on this movie. They are putting poison on him, and then they get mad when he can't perform because they poisoned him. So they fired, fired him, him and gave him a lot lifelong disease. Yes, yeah, girl. And I'm like, how the fuck What's is that this fair? Guy's name? The name of the well, the, the name producer guy. Uh, the director was um da 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 oh Victor Fleming was the name of Fuck the Victor Fleming director yeah and wait till we get to the endings of the stuff it gets pretty okay, pretty deep go. so let's talk about the scene with the snow in the poppy field very interesting scene so in the scene if I recall correctly Dorothy and the Tin Man the Lion the Scarecrow and even Toto are walking through a field of poppies which are like little cute flowers yeah Yeah. and um i think what happens is the wicked witch puts a like a kind of a spell on the poppies that makes them tired and so what glinda does to get glinda the goat witch is she kind of sprinkles a little bit of snow onto them to wake them up the crazy thing is the snow in the scene was a type of asbestos (laughs) which is a class of different minerals that form fibers to small to see by the human eye but are definitely there and there are still so many old homes out there that are still built with asbestos walls. If you remember, we talked about it briefly in our first episode with H.H. Uh, H. Holmes. Yeah. He had built asbestos walls to drown out all the screaming when he killed people. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> there are still many homes, like I said, out there that have them. Yeah, a lot of them are good. older. Yeah. Not good, though. Not healthy. And... When the asbestos can get into your system, it can actually cause asbestitis, pleural disease, lung cancer, and mesothelioma. Not it, if you and her loved one. If you and her loved <laughs> one, guys. Okay. With mesothelioma, you may be entitled to compensation. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know oh, what I'm talking about. Oh, we've about. all seen that commercial. We've all seen <laughs> Y'all that commercial. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That was like, what, like 2010 to like? Yeah. <laughs> oh and God. it can cause really bad things like that. And then definitely just with something they're all breathing in. So that's crazy enough. <clears throat> On top of that, there was a rumor that the munchkins were drunks. Not that drunk. Not that dr- Not that drunk munchkins. <laughs> so during filming season, all of the munchkins had stayed in the Culver Hotel in California. There had been rumors that, um, you know, rumors and just stories that they have you know, orgies and... Not the Munchkin orgies! Loud parties, yeah! <laughs> and even just cause tons of bad behavior. So, one of the Munchkins even brought on site a gun because his ex-wife had worked on a film... Um, Sorry, on the f- same film together as another little person. And he wasn't too fond of it, so he had decided to bring a gun on set. Now, luckily, he wasn't, you know, he didn't cause any harm, which is a good thing. Um, But he did get it confiscated, and I'm not sure what happened to him. But if it was me as a director, I'd definitely fire a guy. The munchkin with the Glock. (laughs) (laughs) The munchkin with the Glock. Oh, my God. That needs to be a remake movie. I love that. No, literally, like a like a rated R Wizard of like Oz. Like a rated R Wizard of Oz? Oh, let's make it. And, like, bringing guns. Isn't that the life? Well, crazy oh enough, 
going into our next kind of topic here. Well, not even, I'm sorry. Because there's actually a movie that's called Under the Rainbow that was released in 1981. It was actually created to sort of mock what the little people uh, were supposedly doing in the hotel. And during filming, um, sorry, the filming had starred Carrie Fisher and Chevy Chase, which big names. Um, Carrie Fisher, if you guys don't know, she starred in... Star Wars. Star Wars. And <laughs> and Chevy Chase was the guy that was in those um, Lampoon films, if you remember him. He's the dad in all of them, so that was that. And then um, there's that movie, but watch it with tendency because it is a little racy, so... <laughs> Something to know. <laughs> Something yeah. to just know. I already got that covered. Huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so then we have Margaret Hamilton, the Wicked Witch of the West. So according to SlashFilm.com, this was her first big role. <clears throat> definitely. Oh, I'm Breakout so... Role, role. Oh, and she, it's just so sad how she's casted into it because casting directors were looking for a role for a pretty and attractive woman to portray the witch, but decided to cast Hamilton as, quote-unquote, the ugly witch. (gasps) Yeah, I know. No! (laughs) And during production, while filming The Wicked Witch's first appearance um, and exit at the same time, um, which, by the way, they had to take several shots for because they can only get one shot at the time for some crazy reason, Hamilton would recall filming telling her, you know, quote, I want this shot done right, and I want it done right now, quote, unquote. So he had a bitchy fit on set millions of times, you can see. During the next take, I guess the smoke and flames had accidentally went off before she could safely get onto a platform below the set. If you kind of think of it this way, it's kind of like when a star, if you remember, or like at any concert, if a star has like plopped Hannah on stage. Montana. Yeah, Hannah Montana. She'd be like she... rising up from the bottom of yeah, the stage. Yeah, that's how the, that's how the stage was for Wicked of, uh, wow. Wizard of Oz, and that's how she would come and go, um, at least in the first scene. And unfortunately, it was a little too late for her to get off a set. She didn't have enough time. So the... Oh, sorry. Where'd I go? So she didn't have enough time to get off of the platform below the set. She suffered from second-degree burns on her face and third-degree burns on her head. So crazy. She literally caught fire and couldn't get off set quick enough. So the fire that was the fire on top of the set just sparked and just kind of set her aflame for a minute. Not only, but she was covered with green makeup that was copper-based and toxic. So her skin had just been cleaned with acetone on top of it. Uh. I know. And six weeks later, was still having minor damages, which I could only imagine. Yeah, no kidding. She's on fire, had copper makeup on, and cleaned it off with acetone. Acetone. That's so much chemical on your skin. And then even after that, Margaret Hamilton returned to set six weeks later. Boy. (laughs) No. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Now, she did refuse ever doing any more scenes with fire again which again don't blame her for this reason they altered oh sorry alternated hamilton with her stunt double while the double had been on a broom a pipe was connected to it to produce smoke the pipe had been hidden under a cape um, that she had on set 
And during the scenes, she had apparently um, just missed the tank and the tank exploded on set, causing her minor burns, sending her to the hospital. She actually did get shards into her skin, by the way, which is brutal. And sent her to the hospital. That was really sad. So production stopped. They were cast another stunt woman to finish the film. So let's talk about Judy Garland, our favorite. Love her. So Judy Garland herself was pretty mentally unwell while filming this movie as well. She was put on a strict diet consisting of chicken soup, black coffee, and up to 10 cigarettes a day. What? Wasn't she really young? Yeah, she was really young. She was 16 years old. What? And they had her smoking 10... Wait, 10... Sorry, 10 to 80 cigarettes daily. 80? (laughs) I read that way wrong. (laughs) Way wrong, yeah. 10 to 80. I couldn't even imagine. I can barely hit a a vape pen one time without getting sick. I can't even vape or smoke, and she's out here being 16 years old. Yeah, Smoking 80 cigarettes a day with barely eating. And I guess, I don't know even specifically if that was on production or her, but I can only imagine how that stress builds up, so it makes you really want to do stuff to your body to kind of put your mind at ease. Wasn't and she, like, on pills or something, Yeah, too? she was. I was just getting to that. Good thing. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, like Brie had said, she was kind of fed drugs to sustain her hunger and to give her false energy because she was told that if she gained even a pound, she'd be kicked off and replaced. That's... Bro. Yeah. This man sucks. Oh, no. And it, it's so bad, too, because eventually she got addicted to the drugs that they would give well, her. Well, yeah. And later on kind of affected her health which is so sad yeah because she's 16 yeah oh that's so true i don't even think about that when you're a young kid things like that get addictive and that's all you know and it's kind of how you just carry on life oh it's just so sad to think about poor judy so there is also a scene in the wizard of oz when dorothy is kind of yelling at the lion um because i guess the lion yelled at toto and she kind of just gives him a little snap on the nose. <clears throat> and I guess if you reference back to the movie, you can still see it, where Dorothy's kind of just giggling a little bit because she can't keep a straight face. And they actually retook this scene many of times. And there was a certain point when Victor Fleming got kind of tired of Judy and pulled her aside on set and told her, literally, get it together, and then slapped her. Bro! Put her hands on a 16-year-old. Dick. What? Like, oh no, don't ever, don't ever touch me. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> so. Where are the child labor laws? Oh yeah, that's, it's 1930. That's there very are true. Yeah, that is so sad to think about. Wow, guys. Why? And there is the most well known conspiracy of them all. You got this one, Brie? <laughs> drinking <laughs> <laughs> she was drinking she was drinking the, the munchkin hanging in the back is it that one yes yeah! you got it yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad that's not funny this isn't funny it's 
the way I said it. Okay, that's why we're that, laughing, that was, firstly. Yeah, Secondly, yeah. <laughs> I remember on Twitter, I used to follow, like, I don't know, when Twitter was, like, first kind of cool, like, in 2000, what yeah. was that, like, 15? That was, yeah. Freshman year of high school or Same. something. <laughs> um, I used to follow a lot of, like, weird, like, Twitter pages or whatever where they would post, like, creepy... Un- Conspiracies like, and stuff. Like, unsettling, disturbing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Pictures and stuff, and I remember seeing that one, and it's the little munchkin, and he's hanging in the back of the scene. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Stuff like that gives me the jitters. I don't know. Something the about jitters. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. So, yeah. There is an ongoing rumor that in one of the scenes, you can spot a hanging munchkin in the background. After a munchkin had allegedly hung themselves. There had reportedly been a couple of extra rolls of film taken out of the actual movie that apparently was part of the actual cut and when they learned or sorry i'll say when mgm learned that the dark spot in the upper right hand corner may have been a little person that hanged themselves from a lighting grid they took it out according to cursed films documentaries uh you can actually kind of see this happen in the actual collector's edition of the movie some people have it most people don't and the actual um film that's out for everybody uh, you won't see it, so they replaced it with a bird, but there is a actual film cut of what may look like a munchkin that's hanging in the background. Was this ever confirmed or denied? They never confirmed it. MGM never confirmed this. There was a editor, um, I want to say in the early 2000s, around the time Twitter was a thing and everything, yeah. when there was a editor that had hoax the movie or hoax a part of the movie and kind of sent it out to everyone to make it look like there was a hanging munchkin um that you know itself is a hoax but the actual film itself had never been disclosed as if it was real or not well i feel like if it was i feel like the family would publicize publicize it or something right like i feel like it would be known there's no way that this big movie had like, kept that a secret. Had this kept long. that a secret and had to kept the family quiet unless they that's like a paid really them good, off. That's a really good point. That's that two points I thought about too were that that's that maybe there is a point where you know maybe they have paid off the family. They really wanted to keep this hush hush because the movie got so big that they're just like this isn't worth ruining a film for. Yeah. Or maybe you're right. Maybe it was just something that people thought they saw and it just didn't really yeah, happen. Yeah, like just like a conspiracy Yeah. Maybe. The only thing I could see this being real about is just that, you know, like I had said, there was rumors that the people that played the munchkins were having parties and crazy things that happened at their hotel. Maybe something did happen. Maybe someone got really depressed. Who knows? But, you know... Either way, it's I, sad I guess, though. If it's real or oh, fake. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. So I guess that's just something we'll never know about. So the second movie that I had researched for us is The Poltergeist. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> wow. You sounded like, uh, the, was that from Star Wars? The one oh, yeah, with, what's his name? Oh, Shit, everyone's yelling into the microphone right now. I mean, to the speaker right and now. And he sounds like, Ugh. What the fuck is his name, is guys? Is that R2-D2? Or was no, that? not R2-D2. That was, oh, like, Robaca? the big furry dude. Oh, was like, the Chewbacca dude. Chewbacca, that's his no, name. No, I don't think that's his no. name. Oh, Simon would be so mad at me right now. Fuck. What is that? Hold I on. swear I'm to God. I'm looking it up. All the Star Wars lovers Chew- are putting me Chewbacca on blast right now. Star Wars. I know, right? Don't right. at me. <laughs> oh, it was Chewbacca. Was I right? Oh, yeah. Shit. Okay. Okay, fun fact. Side note. Guy. 
I've only seen the original Star Warses because my dad is a huge Star Wars fan. I won't say a huge one, but he's seen all the movies. So that's the only reason why I've seen all of them. I haven't caught up on the new ones. Don't at me for it. At least I've seen the regulars, so that's all I care about. I've never seen Star Wars. Don't at me. <laughs> Don't come at me. Well, yeah, I'm more of a Marvel Simon's guy. Simon's already sorry. mad at me enough. <laughs> True. <laughs> He's probably mad at both of us. That's oh, yeah. cool. That's cool. All right, so The Poltergeist. The Poltergeist is an American horror mystery slash thriller supernatural film. Wow, it's a lot of different categories. That is actually rated PG. PG? Yeah. Not PG-13? No. Crazy enough, I did hear from one of the podcasts I once listened to that's a horror movie podcast that back in, uh, I th- I want to say the 80s, um, they actually didn't have a PG-13, I don't think. I think it was just G, PG, and rated R. Seriously? That's kind of weird, right? I think it's a little like fun PG-13 fact. I feel PG-13 is like a good... Middle ground. Yeah, yeah, it's good middle ground. I kind of agree like, about that. And, like, this is children's, and this is, like, raunchy. Raunchy, yeah, that's what I kind of feel like. Yeah, I agree. I could be wrong, though. Maybe you guys can look it up. So, it was released on June 4th of 1982 with a budget of $10.7 million and made $121.8 million in the box office. Holy shit, that's a lot of money. So, the film was written by Steven Spielberg, also a MGM film, just like um, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. (laughs) (laughs) And it was directed by Tobe Hopper, who is also notable for his... Oh, Tobe Hopper. Tobe. Tobe. Where is that written? I need to see how that's spelled. That really is Tobe. I told you it was Tobe. <laughs> Tobe Hopper. Tobe. Tobe. Hopper from I kind of looked at things? it wrong, too. I was like, is that Toby? Toby? No, I think it's Tobe. Anyways, <laughs> Tobe Hopper, Tobe. who is also a very notable director, who also directed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, film. I have seen ah. some of those. I think I saw the first one. The first one's really good. Chainsaw. It's like ahead of its time. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, he's like really creepy. Yeah, He was definitely. trying to like kill that lady, right? Yes, yeah. yeah okay. um, I think the, the like, one I think I saw. The remake is with Jessica Biel, who is also Justin Timberlake's wife. Tate. Tate. I love it. So the movie stars Heather O'Rourke. Uh, sorry, I'm going to say that wrong. Heather O'Rourke. Where is it at? Rourke. I want to say Rourke. Heather. O'Rourke? Wait, where are you at? This one. Heather or O. Okay. Rourke? Rourke? I think it's O'Rourke. Rourke? O'Rourke. O'Rourke? 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 O'Rourke. I'm not going to say O'Rourke. It sounds easier. Okay. So. <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> that bitch. The movie stars with Heather O'Rourke, Joe Beth Williams, and Craig Nelson. And a just short film um, synopsis. A family of five. Ooh, all love a good synopsis. We love a synopsis. <laughs> synopsis. <laughs> A, fil- a family of five by the name of the Freelings experience strange occurrences when the ghosts communicate with them through a television set. What starts as an innocent game between one of the children, Carol and Freeling, who is played by Heather Wark, soon turns into a very sinister game when Carol goes missing. Her parents, Steve and Diane, must turn to a... Uh, parapsychologist and exorcist to help. 
they soon also find that their home sits right on top of an ancient burial ground. Oh, not the burial ground. We always need that air- burial ground in our lives. Damn burial ground. Oh, uh, gotta love it. <clears throat> so, Chobeth Williams, who played Diane Freeling, the mom, is in a scene um, where she sinks into a muddy sinkhole of skeletons. I've heard this. Yeah. This was also on one of the Twitter creepy things. Creepy too, conspiracies. Yes. Okay, keep yes. Ah. And so the rumor insists that production had flown real cadavers from India and used them on set, which is the which is kind of what sparked the alleged curse. I think India too. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure India too has like this thing where they actually do dig up like the bodies Mm -hmm. of their loved ones and like change their outfits and stuff i've heard about that i think you're right i think you're on something yeah 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 i don't know if that's for sure accurate or not but i think i've definitely heard something like that yeah i've seen like pictures of it like to respect their loved ones or something like that so i wouldn't be surprised if they're from i wouldn't either but i feel like i wonder i mean i wonder the legalities of that too is that even, well, I mean, like, for if that's, like, a tradition, like, that's fine. But for them to say, ship... <clears throat> ship them from... From, like, ship... Could, and who, India and where, to America? And who are they? Like, are the families, like, consent? Were they dug up? Oh, that's a good like, question. I don't even know about that. Or they might be John Doe's and, you know, things yeah, like that. John Doe's. So maybe it's like that. But if they are real cadavers, my question, too, is how safe is that? Like, even if it's... Beyond just being cursed, like... I can't imagine how how safe it could be to put you in a sinkhole with a whole bunch of real no, yeah, mummified like bodies. Some like some type of weird something. Sickness or something. So, no. Oh my god. Unless they're like clean. Yeah, unless they're super clean. But yeah. even then I'm like, hell no. Nah. No, thank I you. Do it. Keep me away from that. So <clears throat> Oh wait, where did we go? On the set solution. I'm like, okay, we got that pass out. Okay. So, that had allegedly sparked the curse of the Poltergeist films. Well, yeah, because it's a bunch of dead people, <laughs> like, being disturbed being in a disturbed movie. Being disturbed, Imagine yeah. being dead and them using your freaking skeleton in a movie. I'm not going to lie. Like, hey, I, bitch. I would kind of love that. I'd be like, I'd, wonder... be, I'd be possessing my own body like, hey, hey bitch. If this is out, if this is out and I'm gone by the time that this is well and gone, please use use it. You have my permission. Use me in the film. That sounds so fun. Then I was going to be like, I'm finally on TV. If I can't be famous I'm now, let me be famous, famous after death. <laughs> so Dominique Dunn, who plays Donna Freeling in the film, which is one of the sisters or one of the daughters, at the time um, Dominique had filmed the movies, Dominique was actually in a relationship with her then-boyfriend, John Thomas Sweeney. Okay, Miss Dominique. Okay, Miss Dominique. She's doing better than I am. <laughs> but wait, because... Yeah, he was a nice guy. He yeah. was a chef at an upscale Ma Maison restaurant in L.A. Hey, making cooking. money. He be cooking. Yeah, he was, he'd be cooking. <laughs> <laughs> but according to the L.A. Times, the two met at a party and quickly moved in together. Though Sweeney quickly became very abusive he would actually abuse her so badly in one instance she would be beat so badly that she didn't even require makeup for a film that required her playing an abused child what 
crazy. So their relationship got so hectic that Dominique eventually broke up with Sweeney. But yeah, good. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, get but the what fuck do you out do? of there. What do you do? Oh, I'm sure he did something. Who? So on October 30th, 1982, which is the same year the film was released, Sweeney showed up to her home where she was rehearsing lines with her co-star, David Packer, for a new project. Packer had gone outside to allow them a little room to talk, and an argument between Dominique and John had um, broken out, ending in Dominique getting brutally strangled and sent to the hospital where she was pronounced brain dead and had passed away on November 4th, 1982. What an ass. At the age of 22. He's a murderer. He's a murderer. Yeah. That's so young. That's our age. Like, holy shit. That's so sad. And crazy enough, he only served three years. Three years? And seven months. No. For the murder. And once released, he changed his name. And when he was last heard from, he was moving to Southern California. The justice system is corrupt. What the corrupt. fuck? I don't even want to get started with, with that. with murder. Crazy. And, like, it's just so sad, too, to think that this poor girl had been through all of that with this guy. She's doing great. There's another case I'm going to cover at some point that's about another star who had a, this crazy fan. And I'm not sure if you know about that one, but... She had had this crazy fan, and she was doing really good for herself at the time. And unfortunately, it was kind of a similar thing, except she wasn't with this guy. It was just a crazy fan, and he had just shot her blankly when she opened her door. And it's just crazy. I couldn't imagine being There's a three young... three cases I can think of. Yeah, okay. And I couldn't imagine just being a young female in Hollywood having to deal with, you know, crazy stuff like that. I'm always hearing about, like... Hollywood stars that have like these crazy fans or like axes or things like that that come onto like their territory like they're just crazy already and then they want to cause harm to them it's just it's just so sad to me being famous is scary being famous is scary and I forget that sometimes I think oh my god it would be so nice and then I remember this (laughs) yeah (laughs) so oh wait where'd I go so, then on May 23rd, 1986, the Poltergeist 2 releases, and many of the same characters are in it. The budget was $19 million. It sold seven, uh, $75 million in the box office. The film was about freelings escaping their haunted home, and, being, and the home was being studied by paranormal researchers, and one of the researchers' names was Taylor in the movie. This was played by Will Sampson. So, Taylor realizes that this demon-like entity is masquerading as a reverend and trying to find young Carol. So, he goes to the family to warn them that, you know, hey, it's happening once again. You're in grave danger. Her father must do everything he can to vanquish this beast and deliver the day. (laughs) So... While filming this movie, the actor Will Sampson was a Native American Indian who was also a shaman. A shaman is kind of like a healer of sorts. And he was allowed on set after hours to perform an exorcism to rid the production of evil. Not an exorcism. An exorcism. (laughs) A whole ass exorcism on set. But crazy enough, a couple years after its release, Sampson dies of kidney failure and malnutrition at age of 53. 
Aw, poor dude. I know. And then Jillian Beck, who played the cult leader in the second installment of the film, died of stomach cancer before the film even released. He died at the age of 60. Damn, we got three deaths. This movie is this killing This movie bitches. got a body uh, count. Bi- body? <laughs> oh my god, might be higher than mine. Oh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, and then there's The Poltergeist 3, that released on June 10th, 1988, with the same similar characters and the same director, the movie had a budget of $9.5 million and made $14 million in the box office, which is pretty still good to me. At this point in the trilogy, it's about the main character, Carol, the little girl, who is sent to live with her Uncle Bruce in Chicago. But she gets haunted by familiar apparitions from the previous films, and these apparitions soon start taking over her through a mirror dimension. Mm. So let's just quickly discuss the main character, Heather O'Rourke. I keep saying her name wrong. Oh my god, it's so sad. Heather O'Work. <clears throat> there we go. So Heather played the little adorable blonde girl with blue eyes that we all may know that carried that really famous line, you know, they're here. <laughs> and throughout filming The Poltergeist 3, Heather unfortunately became very ill. She was then diagnosed with Crohn's disease and was then treated with steroids at the time. But... One morning, when the crew and the cast were supposed to be meeting up, director Tobe Hopper received a chilling call from her agent telling him that she unfortunately passed away. What? And, yeah, it's just very sad. So this happened while doctors were actually attempting to repair a acute bowel obstruction that caused what doctors thought was the reason for her illness. But sadly, Heather was misdiagnosed. According to LA Times, she suffered septic shock at the age of 12 years old on February 1st, 1988, only several months before the third installment ever came out. Unfortunately, before the doctors could realize it, it was too late to notice that she had been misdiagnosed. So what she really had was a undetected congenial anatomical birth defect, which basically just means that she had a mass that was inside of her and it wasn't noticed until the last minute that's kind of too late and they just didn't get to it in time that's so sad that she was misdiagnosed it was just so sad and she was 12 at 12 she didn't even have a life she didn't have a life and that was the last movie she was in like it was just crazy because i don't even think to to think that a little girl that's in films like that can have a life outside of her movie roles it's just crazy to me. I don't think any child can have a, a life, no. a real life that they want to have, you know? Because they're working. They're working at such a young age. So yeah. I just think, how can any child have a life like that? And then she just dies at such a young age. It's just so sad. Now, I didn't find any crazy things about the latest Poltergeist that came out. They did make a remake. Um, I had nothing on that, but there was crazy enough actors who had gotten some illnesses while on set and some equipment problems did happen off and on and it did prolong the production so it took a very long time for the production to come out but luckily we don't have anything there so <laughs> hopefully that curse is lifted i don't know maybe just don't make any more <laughs> i was about to say maybe they should stop making stop making those picture guys films yes i definitely agree but yeah those are the two films that i have for us today this is only our first chapter one of Cursed Films. Guys, if you really like this, let us know because we want to do this more. This is fun. We like this. 
there's so many more. I, I definitely want to cover, um, what are some good ones that I've heard of? Uh, the Omen, uh, uh oh, uh, what's that one? The something Holocaust, uh, fuck. Anyways, it, there's a lot of them and I definitely want to cover as many as possible because this is, this is a cute little <laughs> spooky episode. Spooky episode. Yes. I love it. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever, I don't know if we'll, you know, what the future holds for us with coming out with more themes like this, um, for cursed movies, but you never know. We are working on Patreon, so we might have extra episodes there. You never know. You never know. So, yeah, guys, that's what I have for us today. And Halloween is almost here. I'm so excited. Spooky season! Spooky season! Oh, my God, I'm not ready for Halloween to be over. I'm not ready for, yeah. I mean, October Halloween. I'm not ready over. for October to be over. This is, like, my favorite month outside of November. Because... Birthday! Birthday! Our birthdays are coming up. Ah, Scorpio ah. season! Woo, woo, woo. Actually, it might be Scorpio season. Yeah, it, it is. It starts late October. Mm-hmm. Scorpio season! We are thriving. Period. <laughs> In our season. Period. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's time for my bit. <laughs> As always, ways to reach us. Um, Instagram, where we do our main shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, WTLGO podcast. Um, our separate Instagrams are going to be at this is Kendall Hudson for Kendall and at Brianna underscore Doyen for me. I do meet, keep my account private though. Um, Facebook is when the light goes out. We don't really post on there, so go go hype it up anyway. Please. Um, Twitter WTLGO podcast as well, just like Instagram. An email. People, send us emails. I've got none, but I've gotten a lot of people sending me DMs, so that's something. <laughs> Period. Um, email is wtlgoinquiries at gmail.com. There you can send us any ideas you have, stories you have. What else? Honestly, your thoughts on our show. Yeah. yeah. Feedback. Tell us how great we are. Tell us how terrible and how yeah. much you hate us. We need all of it. Tell us what we should do more. <laughs> Tell if us you how guys, we can fix things. In, hey, if any of you guys out there, because I know someone has to be out of all the people that are listening, if any of you are podcasters and you have any tips for us, send them to us, quite honestly, because we're still in our baby phase. So yeah, let us no know. Kidding. Yeah, seriously. Um, not me just like brain farting anyway <laughs> feel free to dm us comment or email any stories you have um paranormal murder mystery anything um we would like to do future listener stories as well i say it in every episode hoping that someone will send in their experiences I'm so i waiting. know some of y'all have some like yeah, send them over on um anybody we will take anybody listening um but yeah thank you so much for supporting us and listening to episode eight um and sticking around for this long thank you for what the fuck oh yeah gotta... <laughs> <laughs> um thank you for giving us feedback and telling us how much you like the show we really appreciate it shout out to those people um we love you so so much thank you so much for your support honestly don't forget please 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 hit that 
follow button. I know you see it. If you haven't already. I know you see it. It is hit sitting there. Shit. It's waiting for you. Hit that shit like you, you... want to hit that bitch. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Claps. Uh, Wait, um... not, not physically hit. Like, like fuck. <laughs> I love that. Oh, what a great way to wrap up, <laughs> wrap up this episode. <laughs> anyway, thanks for supporting us and we're excited to see what the future holds as always i say that every episode but seriously definitely and of course we will see you all when the light goes out bye bye